the way to empathize is to see that these people back then, you know, 75 years ago, are exactly the same as you. You know, they want this, they want respect, you, they want a home, they want like people to love them. You know, so that's like these universal ideas are the kind of things that kind of help me connect uh, a really old story to like the contemporary consciousness. This is Brian Paris with Sounds of Berkeley. Before I met Kishibashi to record this episode at the Paradise in Boston, he was sound-checking the song Marigolds from his new album, Omoyari. Armed to the teeth with effects pedals, he ran through complicated violin loops and intricate patterns of sounds as easily as I might make a peanut butter sandwich. It's one of the film-scoring alumnus' true gifts as an artist, to make the difficult seem accessible. This is even more on display on the new record, which is a lush, cinematic immersion into the Japanese internment camps instituted by the U.S. during World War II. A Japanese-American himself, Kishibashi, whose given name is Kaoru Ishibashi, looks to understand the atrocities of the past and the disturbing realities of the present through the human stories of love, loss, and desire told over the course of the album. During our conversation, which we recorded shortly after this soundcheck, we talked about the genesis of Omoyari as both an album and an upcoming film, his approach to telling difficult stories as a songwriter, and much more. Well, Kishibashi, welcome to our first uh, on-site episode of Sounds of Berkeley here at the Paradise. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, well, you're in Boston supporting your new record, and it's a, a really ambitious project that has uh, sort of multimedia aspects to it, and I wondered what the seeds of the project were for you. kind of. Where, what was the uh, the kernel of an idea that kind of eventually grew into this uh, large project? Yeah, I mean, part of it is like I made I was making my album, and um, the album was really phase one of this film documentary film that I'm making. And what it is is it's a it's a, it's a sort of concept album about uh, minority identity and my own discovery of my own um, place, like here in America. And I think a lot of it has to do with rediscovering and reimagining American history as I thought I knew it. And this, uh, the film actually encompasses the making of this album that's, uh, that just came out and then ultimately will cover other issues as well. Yeah, you refer to that as a song film in the trailer. Is there any particular reason for that uh, name? Yeah, so song film is, um, you know, I did want to do something that's involved with film. And it's kind of, for me, it's a unified uh, creative statement in that it's like the music and the film are actually one and the same. So I'm the co-director of the movie and I'm also the composer of the movie, so it's it's a it's a it's a piece of work that has both filmic and music elements. Awesome. Um, I, in that research project, I I imagine there's a lot of surprises that happen. I mean, you can go in with ideas. Uh, I wonder if there are any particular moments where you realized it was changing shape, getting bigger than you thought, or just like key moments that were really started to flesh out, and you're like, this is where this theme is going. Um, a lot of I, when I originally I wanted to like compose music directly as underscore, and then I realized that it's it's kind of impossible because with documentaries there's a lot of people talking, and and it's um, the music has to be kind of subdued underneath. So it didn't really fit my song profile, you know, that I usually make. But I think um, at one point I decided it was kind of driving me crazy trying to create the underscore while creating the the documentary and doing all this research and filming, um, and so I decided at one point to just really to focus, uh, to, to collect all the songs I'd written over the past year while filming and then turn that into an album. And those themes 
what I'm end up gonna what I'm what I'm going to do is use the themes of the songs of this album as the underscore orchestral uh, cinematic music that I'll later compose. Cool, and that comes out uh, next year. Is that right? Yeah, well, yeah, twenty twenty festival season. Yeah, so. cool. And speaking of that, I, when, at your time at Berkeley, you were uh, in the film scoring program, and. I mean, speaking obviously this specifically, that this has a film component, but your music tends to have a kind of cinematic feel anyway. Um, on the new record, like Summer of 42, opens in a kind of like very lush panoramic kind of sweeping motion. Um, I wonder what that role of film scoring has on your music, whether directly, I mean, obviously for a project like this, but also indirectly on, you know, previous records. Um, I think, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a very visual person, so I think a lot of times uh, I'll look I'll compose music with a visual in mind, and other times it's just about music. Uh, I think my training as a film composer uh, really helped in allowing me to know how to orchestrate, you know, so I can, I can write for an orchestra, and that's actually helped me because I make my albums, and then I can, um, I've arranged them all for string quartet, and then string orchestra, and then now symphonies, and I can basically go between playing a tour, entire tour, with just with my band, with a rock band, and then I can go play with a symphony, you know, after that, in between album cycles, which is, it just, uh, just keeps me really busy. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of that also, I mean, even before that, I mean, this, this, as I understand it, this is one of your first, like, full band projects, or at least maybe just in the recording, um, but... Yeah, I mean, normally what I do is I, I usually just, um, I make demos at home and I replace the musicians with, like, professionals, but this time around I actually took a band, I rehearsed them, and I actually went into the studio and recorded, uh, worked on the arrangements on the spot in the studio. And that, that was actually different, for, new for me. In terms of the, the sort of the sounds of this record, um, on more of like a craft or storytelling side, uh, this one has a more like pastoral, um, you know, folky sound, whereas like Sunderlust had a lot like more electronic and sort of almost glitchier. Um, do your songwriting methods change at all from album to album, or is it just kind of applying it, you know, the sort of maybe the same method, but a different vehicle or something? Um, I basically kind of do, uh I think the one rule I have is that I, I don't know where the songs are going to come from, and I always have to keep be receptive to where they emerge. And I think uh, every single album I need to be inspired uh, in the in my process. So I think, um, but I, I always try and do something new. Like maybe this time I, I, incorpor I incorporated other singers. Um, you know, I recorded with a band. Uh, I, I kind of kept it simple a lot and basically uh, I, I have the latitude as a solo artist to kind of uh, not have too much pressure because I can just, if I'm a band, I put an album out and then the album doesn't do too well, then the whole, everybody suffers, you know. But if it's like, if it doesn't too, do too well or people don't connect with it, I can just make another album and it's like I'm not um, uh, like that stressed. So I have that, I, I have to do a lot of work, extra work, you know, but. You mentioned uh, you sort of need to I don't know, be surprised or something like that. Um, how do you kind of leave space for that within your process? I mean, how did, you know, after album to album being so methodical? Yeah, I mean, the, the idea is that like, in order to be, uh, for the music to connect to, with people, it, ne it needs to be inspired. So if it doesn't inspire me, it's definitely not gonna inspire like other people who listen to it. So I think um, that's the one thing, if the process doesn't inspire me, then I'll, I keep digging, you know. But luckily, uh, right now, that's all I have to do. So you know, I just try new things. Cool. Uh, well, to get specifically into a song on the new record, um, on F. Delano, you you sort of take aim at the idea of legacy, particularly with you know FDR, and you know for many people they have one vision of FDR, and you're kind of offering this. 
you know, shouldn't be not well known side of things. Um, and you've talked in other interviews about the complexities of that. And yet, sonically, the song is one of the most like blissful tunes uh, on the record. And I wonder if you could talk about that paradox, kind of taking really difficult stories and, and showing people uh, through the message, uh, but also kind of pairing it with the, this, the, the delivery method, the sort of nicer you know, song arrangement. Yeah, um, F. Delano in general was, um, it's something that's like when you have, um, uh, you know, I, I like the paradox of, of, of a fun song with uh, kind of dark, undertones to it. Um, that's something I've, I've been doing for a while. It just kind of, it's the way to delight the audience and the listener. But I think in general, like FDR, he's like, you know, he's a hero for an entire generation of Americans. Like he brought America out of the, the Great Depression. You know, he, he led the Allied victory, created all these social programs we still depend on today. Yet he was like a villain in the case of Japanese Americans who lived here. He, he was uh, in a, in a you know, a tremendous effort of like bad judgment, you know, allowed civilians to be incarcerated, you know, unjustly. So that's the kind of duality that it's like he's a hero and he's a villain, you know, but it's also like it's intriguing because, you know, that's easy. Heroes and villains are easy for like children to understand, but like as adults, it needs to be more nuanced. In, in terms of engaging with that stuff, was that, um, did you find that? The deeper you got into it, the easier it was to create. Did you ever hit any walls in terms of like how do I how do I work with this, or is that the nature of that duality? What kind of keeps it keeps it fresh and keeps you going? Um, initially, I started writing dark songs, and then I realized how uh, how limit limitless that path was, and so I, it, it's it's difficult to to create inspiration or it's difficult to make music that people connect with if it's all just really angry and depressing. And so I, what I did was I tried to look for more universal emotions like love and loss and, and desire and things like that. And these are the kind of things, you, when you look at history, you go back, you know, it's the, the way to empathize is to see that these people back then, you know, 75 years ago are exactly the same as you. You know, they want, this, they want respect, you, they want a home, they want like people to, um, to love them, you know. So that's like these universal ideas are the kind of things that kind of help me connect uh, a really old story to like the contemporary consciousness. Yeah, and that really comes through on the record too. And even as you're listening and kind of just even staring at the album art and kind of realizing that these, uh, they're wood carvings, correct, of the birds that were made in the internment camps. Um, and just kind of having that sink in with these little pieces of beauty, which actually that kind of makes sense and goes along with this idea of the paradox of like beauty that can come out of of, of something terrible. Um, so just to kind of wrap it up in, in terms of like advice to other artists out there, um, the internment camps, I mean, I think you'd be hard pressed to find people that would not, you know, would disagree that it was, a, you know, an abysmal, terrible thing. And yet here we are in a current time where there's a lot of similarities to that. How do you as an artist not get overwhelmed by that and still try to find that place of empathy, which is really the, the heart of this record, um, and, and find a way to create something that offers everyone um, a, a, a line into it. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's the kind of thing that, you know, when you learn about tragedy, you know, tra human beings have been doing horrible things to each other since the beginning of time, you know. So if you think about that, you, you could get lost in so, such, like, um, misery. But I think the thing is you just you need to open your heart sometimes to certain stories that you reflect with and then just kind of as an artist kind of control uh, have a controlled output, you know, and you can't just wallow in uh, a misery, you know, all the time. And I think uh, for me, I chose certain stories and I, and and then, <clears throat> you know, I don't get that angry about things. It's a it's a different time. 
we've got the one thing that actually uh, helps me to continue is that you know I, I see positivity and that we're always getting better as human beings. I think the next generation of people are more empathetic. We're, we're more empathetic than people 75 years ago, you know. And I think um, I see like a bright future, and that's the kind of message that a lot of my songs and this movie next year will be coming out and being like, this is, look, this is America's seen some dark times. We understand as long as we know the history and you know, not forget it, but to forgive what has happened and then to continue. And I think that's uh, to kind of encourage people that we have a positive future to look forward to you know, of diversity. You know. Yeah, it's, I mean, and that comes across really well. It's a, such a powerful testament. So I, I you know, l love the record and can't wait to see the, the film when it comes out next year. Oh, cool. Thanks. So, yeah. Can't, can't wait to finish it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, have a great show, and thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, great. Listen to Kishibashi's new album, Omoyari, out now on Joyful Noise Recordings, and keep an eye on kishibashi.com for dates on the next leg of his tour. This episode was recorded by Tony Brown, Jeannie Greeley, and Isaac Koteki. Our engineer is Darcy Davis, and our theme music is by Sleeping Lion. I'm Brian Paris, and this is Sounds of Berkeley.